Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? You better be saying blessed. I wish this was a two-way conversation and I could see everybody. That would be the ideal thing with me. But as of right now, we can only go one way and I need to be able to see out of my glasses. But anyway, today is July the 28th. How'd that happen so fast? July 28th, Thursday, 2022. And uh, welcome, you are with Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, as all of you know by now. So it's we're very, very glad that you're here and we get to spend another hour together. I'm not sure about next week. In fact, I'm more than not sure about next week. I will be flying back to Erie, uh, Pennsylvania during this time, so we will not be having... Um, this time together next Thursday, uh, August 4th, the Feast of St. John Vianney, the patron of parish priests, because I'm going to be out in Phoenix, Arizona next week um, to watch the installation of my good friend, Bishop John Dolan. It's great, great, great guy. He's been auxiliary bishop in uh, San Diego um, for the last five years. And uh, we were together 10 years ago. Uh, I can't believe it's that long, maybe 11 years ago now. Um, for my sabbatical, we were on sabbatical together in Rome. Great guy, very pastoral guy, very caring guy. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited. I'm going to be with him. I'm also going to be with my good friend, Father John Geo, who's uh, one of the vicar generals of the Diocese of Orlando, Florida. He was also with us in Rome, and so uh, we'll be down there together. And then, but I got to fly back next Thursday afternoon, so I will not be here for the podcast. But God willing, I'll be here the following week, um, and then I won't be there the next uh, two. Or I think now just one one week because I'm going to be in London. First time I've ever. Had a chance to go into London, so my classmate and I, Father Nick Rao, are going to spend um, Tuesday to Tuesday in London on the third week of August, I believe it is. Um, so, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we always know that you're always here, that you always care, that for us to breathe in, you have to breathe out. For us to breathe out, you got to breathe in. You keep us alive in your loving power and presence and mercy. Help us to always be aware of you, Father. To know that we can't even take our next breath without you saying, okay. We are totally dependent upon you. So we ask you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, that the spirit of life would just take full control of us. We completely surrender our hearts, our lives, our families, everything that we are to you, that you would embrace us with your spirit, you would imbue us with your spirit, you would animate us with your spirit, that we would truly become people that only do your will, no matter what. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. So, uh, last week, someone did not uh, like what I talked about, um, you know, about when I was sticking up for the Holy Father and talking about, um, 
you know, he would preserve us because uh, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He would preserve us from heresy, and he, <laughs> he was very nasty. And, of course, and wrote emails and then called my parish. I always think you have nothing better to do with your life than to call a priest and uh, just let him have it so that I shouldn't be on YouTube, I shouldn't be doing podcasts, I'm just stupid, I'm ignorant, that he even knows more than me, and he works in a warehouse, and anybody knows that. And that's, It's always just like, okay, sir, do you feel better now that you uh, tried to uh, pull down a priest? Again, I've often said that you always have to discern things, always discern. Anything comes out of my mouth, anything comes out of anybody's mouth, discern it. Is it of God? Is it not of God? And if it's not of God, start praying for me and praying for my conversion, calling and saying, I'm not a good priest. I'm not, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Doesn't help. It doesn't correct me. In fact, all it does is make me mad and want me to, I had to delete it so I wouldn't call the person back because I'm not kind uh, by definition and it wouldn't have been a kind thing. I always would have done is scream at each other. Um, so younger in my life, I would have done that, but I try not to do that anymore. Um, but again, if you don't like what I say, I encourage you don't watch me. Huh? There's a lot of people that don't like what I say. Uh, and I'm not here to, to make everybody happy. I'm here to speak the truth as well as I know it. I have been in this church, in the seminary since I was 17 years old. I'm 62 years old now. I have degrees in theology. I have very strong pastoral experiences throughout the years. I have a degree in counseling. And so uh, I just do the best I can. Will I make mistakes? You betcha. And if I do again, you can just say, you know, if you really want to change me, if you really want to uh, correct me, then you can do it in a way that's um, not so nasty. Because any of you, when you say nasty things to me, I just don't deal with it. I just turn it off. Uh, you will never convert me. And if you want to sit there and do God's holy will, then your job should be the same as my job. God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of his truth. So you should be doing everything, including fasting and praying for me, if you think I'm so far from God. Um, you know, that's all I say. Uh, I did say the Divine Mercy Chaplet for the person that said that, if you're watching, I said it for you. Because again, that's all we can do. You know, honest to goodness, we fight so much with our, each other today in the church um, and we say we're of God, and if we were really doing God's will, we'd be doing everything to get people who don't believe in God at all to an experience of God and a deep love of God instead of fighting with each other over all these little points. You know, what a waste of time. It was a complete waste of time. But anyway, we're here. So let's go right in. Hi, Harry. How Paul is well over in France. Um, I'll be close enough to you when I'm in London, huh? Uh, my soul, very good. Jolie, how father, I have a Bible question. Sure, why does the Catholic Bible have more books than most other Bibles? I appreciate your time. Thanks, Jolie from Kansas. We follow the same book 
that Jesus followed, the Old Testament. We have seven more books in the Old Testament than Protestants do or the Jewish canon. So, uh, like, we have one and two Maccabees, and, you know, that's where you get our things on purgatory. What happened is the Septuagint was, the, was what we follow. Now, this is good as far as I know and what I've been teaching throughout the years. And then in uh, 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. Now, and this is a way oversimplification of this, way oversimplified. I get it. I know it. You can study more on it. Just put in there, and Catholic Answers, I'm sure, have a, uh, a fantastic answer that's much more detailed than I'll give. But in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. Now, in the Sanhedrin, the teaching authority of the Jewish people, there was more than just two, but like in America, we have... Um, a, a Congress that's in the Senate made up of Republicans and uh, Democrats, but there are also independents, uh, communists, there's all other kinds of uh, parties in there. So there was the same in the Sahedron, but there was primarily the two, the Sadducees and the, Sadduc the Sadducees and the Pharisees. I've told a thousand times what the difference is. The Pharisees believed in life after death and angels and principalities, the unseen world, da, 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 and... Uh, the Pharisee, the Sadducees did not believe in, after, in life after death. That's why they're so sad, you see. <laughs> I know, it's so stupid. But that's how you always remember the difference between a Pharisee and a Sadducee. Anyway, at 70 AD, a lot of the Pharisees became Christians because of the resurrection of the dead. St. Paul was a Pharisee. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Uh, so when the temple was destroyed and they says, okay, we have to refocus on our uh, canon of scripture because, you know, uh, they had offered sacrifice in the temple for centuries and now it's destroyed. They can no longer offer sacrifice. So they said, okay, let's look at our, our, um, our canon, our makeup of scripture. And they threw seven books, more than this, but seven books out why? Because most of all the books that wasn't accepted as their canon, and so saying throwing them out isn't the right word for it, but uh, all had to do with resurrection, you know, because it wasn't part of the theology of the Sadducees who had that. Now, again, oversimplification. But if you ever have a Catholic Bible, that's why you should always have a Catholic Bible if you're Catholic, because we have those extra books in the Old Testament. I think I... I said seven, it might have been six. I'm not sure. But again, I'd go to Catholic Answers, and they're fantastic about uh, explaining that stuff much better than I am. So hopefully that helps. Okay, now we get to one of the email questions from Deanna Mack, who must have been watching uh, the Mass, our daily Mass this morning, because it says, hope this right is the right link to ask Father Larry a question. My question is, why is this the last day Tom will wear a cassock? Is he leaving seminary? Yes, he is leaving seminary. So those of you who have been watching, we announced and he talked at all the masses on Sunday. You can go to the Sunday mass. It's on YouTube and we'll just go towards the end and Tom uh, says his goodbye and that he's leaving seminary. But that's because what seminary is about is about to discern your vocation. What is God calling you to do? So he prays every day. He's very faithful. He was fantastic to have at the uh, at directory. Um, when he leaves tomorrow, again, I'll have the whole rectory to myself, no dogs, everything else. It's going to be so different. But 
this is a good thing for him. You know, the job of the seminary is, again, to help you discern God's will. And so, like I said, I, I call the poor guy a dirty, rotten quitter. Is that nice? <laughs> Kiddingly, of course, it's always been a joke for people who leave the seminary. And I said, okay, you got to have 10 kids named Larry, 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 Larry. And at least five of them have to be priests. So we'll have five Father Larrys. It'll be the greatest thing. And then I told all the people, my boys in the, there that were at the masses, I said, okay, guys, somebody has to come and take his place. We need someone to get ordained for him. So, uh, yes, he's leaving. Tomorrow will be his last day. Today was his last day. He served. Uh, tomorrow's his day off, so he won't be serving. He gets to sleep in. But I'll be at the mass, of course. I'm, I'm it right now. Uh, Father Ian will be back all next week while I am gone. So those of you who miss Father Ian, he will be back, and he will be saying the 7 seven o'clock Mass every day next week, except for Friday, because God willing, I'll be back Thursday night, do my Hoya at 3 o'clock, and then say the Mass at 7 o'clock, rent a car, and drive down to Mont St. Mary's, where I'm doing a men's conference uh, down at Mont St. Mary's for Friday, Saturday, then like about uh, 8 o'clock at night, start getting in the car, uh, start driving back to uh, Erie, get a hotel halfway back, and then drive the rest Sunday morning, and then our mass schedule begins that day. At, uh, our mass will be at 10 o'clock, and our live streaming mass will be at 10 o'clock now. So 10 a.m. will be every, um, every week from my parish. The mass will be at 10 a.m. on YouTube. That used to be at 11. This coming up week will be the last one we have at 11. The following week will be at 10. Yes, but he is moving on. So pray for Tom, fantastic man, and he'll be a good at whatever the Lord calls him. So, but the only thing we always got to pray is that people do what they were created to do. So this is where Tom feels God created him. So we're very supportive of him. I always say my job isn't to keep anybody in seminary. My job is always to help them discern what God wants them to do. So, a good man. Okay, Chris Walker, you have like five different, six different, seven different things here. Da, 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 da. Who's going to be reading? Ah, nice. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom does read those books well. Very good. Used to be traditional here to name our children after Bible characters, but not normally now as an area. Now or Ahab, exactly. Chris, I kid, I kid, pagan child. Anyway, Margaret, good to see you. Harry, I don't even know those words. I'm not even going to try. Lawrence of Las Vegas, good to see you. How did you begin getting booked for speaking engagements? Years and years and years ago, I put out a, uh, a talk called Confession. And uh, it was put out by the Mary Foundation. It's about 3 million talks now around the world. And... Um, and that's when, you know, I'd always done um, retreats, especially for high school kids. I used to do a lot of, even when I was a deacon in 1988. And so when I was just putting out, you know, I would sit there and do talks for uh, continuing ed for adults at my parish once a week. And we'd talk about confession, the mass explained, all kinds of stuff. And then the Mary Foundation uh, asked if they could put out one of my talks. And I didn't even, you know, I don't listen to my talks after I give them. And I said, well, what's your talk? And they said, on confession, I'm sure. And so we sent them the confession talk. And then uh, I got a call from, um, I was going to Steubenville to visit. And I remember getting a call from um, 
Jackson Hole, Wyoming was one of the very first places I gave a talk at. And I was young. Uh, Mitch Paco was there uh, from EWTM. And um, so, and then from there, it just took off. And uh, there are, uh, if, you, if you know any places, we have, as of now, one or two openings for next year for parish missions. And that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, two hours a night. Um, so if there's any of you watching that have, um, uh, and the pastor has to be 100% behind it, you can call the foundation. You can go to the foundation. We have our new website up now at thereasonforourhope.org. Even though I got a, um, um, an email today from someone saying uh, they couldn't, their email wasn't going through or something. So any of that stuff, just call us and uh, call the foundation so they can make sure that we're on top of all that. Um, I, I forwarded to Mo, our new director. And so, but we just went live like two days ago. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff on there. But one of the things is meet Father Larry and have Father Larry come talk. And uh, you can download all the material about me coming and doing a parish mission at your place. And then the pastor has to go through it all and he has to agree to it 100%. Um, and then he has to, uh, you put everything in the hopper and then we go through it. We do this in the month of July right now. Uh, and we make the decisions for the next year, but usually by the end of July. So if, you, if any of you are interested in me coming down to your parish, download all the stuff and talk to your pastor about it, and we can get you in next year sometime. Okay, so there you go, Larry. I hope that answered your question. Lawrence, um, I don't know if you go by Lawrence or Larry. My name's Lawrence, too, but I always go by Larry. Uh, the Bishop of Greensburg was actually named Larry as a child instead of Lawrence, and though he's Bishop Larry, which drives some people crazy. Anyway, Jessica, good afternoon, Father Larry. Have you watched The Chosen? Yes. And if so, do you have any thoughts on it? Yes. I love The Chosen. And again, as a lot of uh, strong Catholic speakers say, it's not scriptural. No, but it's based on scripture. Um, you know, the, the second most read book in all the world amongst Catholics is Thomas's Kempis, Thomas Kempis's Imitation of Christ. It's not scriptural. There's scriptures in it. There's scriptures in the chosen. But again, it's, uh, it's freedom with scripture, but it's trying to be as faithful as possible to scripture. Um, and then the cultural norms at that time. Yes, I think what's, like again, this is a, a I was with my seminarian um, spiritual director yesterday. We went to dinner. And so I just said to him, and this is kind of uh, heretical, if you will, but I says, I believe that like 90% of Catholics do not know Jesus. They know about Jesus. They know the teaching of the church. They know Catholicism. They'll fight for Catholicism. They'll fight for their way of worship. But once you know Jesus, everything changes. You know, once you have this intimacy of relationship with Jesus, everything changes. You're not as judgmental. You're more loving. Why? Because Jesus is incarnated love. And we, when we know him, we become the incarnation of love too because he lives inside of us. So you can tell because we have the fruits of the spirit. We have the gifts of the spirit. We operate them in our lives. We don't go around judging people, hating people in the name of God. And too many people are like that now, especially the people that consider themselves ultra Catholic. They have hatred, disgust 
for anyone that doesn't worship their way and anyone who might like the Pope or the bishops, they know what's right. Everybody else is wrong. Uh, is that the God who left heaven and died for our sins when we were still in sin? The God who loved you when you were still in sin and didn't care for him? He left heaven, became a man, was tortured, and then killed for love of you and me? Is, is that what it means to be a follower of his? that we hate everybody, we judge everybody, that doesn't worship the way we do, that doesn't uh, see things the way we see. The more we come to know Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. And Jesus didn't tiptoe through the tulips, let me tell you. He was strong, but he was strong not on the sinners, but on those who thought they were righteous. Think about it. You know, when we are like Jesus, like when they say, we need to go into the temple and, you know, uh, pull out the whips. He was whipping the people who thought they were religious and righteous. The sinners weren't at the temple. Those were the prostitutes. Those were the uh, tax collectors. They didn't go to the temple. So if we want to be like Jesus, we got to go against all those people who think that they're holy without him and that they, will, they worship and they can hate the Pope and they can hate bishops and they can hate others in Jesus' name. But the whip would be turned on them, not the other way around. You have to look at all of Scripture when it comes to Jesus. Huh? So the point of all that being is that we all need to have an intimacy with Jesus. And the only way that intimacy happens is by us listening to Jesus in his word, listening to him in our prayer, not just saying a bunch of prayers, not just saying any kind of prayer. We have to also listen to God in prayer so that we can do his will. Like when we say the Lord's Prayer every day, God willing, we always say your will be done. And he says, great, I'm so glad you said that. Now this is my will. Shh, I, we're not lis I'm not listening. I just wanted to say my prayer so I don't go to hell. But we need to listen. It has to be a relationship. And I just truly believe that 90% of uh, people in the church don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not judging them on their salvation stability. I'm saying the reality that they need to come to know Jesus in a more intimate way. I need to come to know Jesus in a more intimate way. We all need to come to know Jesus in a more intimate way. Uh, it's just the reality. So, but uh, again, sometimes people say, oh, I can't believe that, Father. But I just think, yeah, we need to, Go deeper. So I love the chosen because it introduces people to the person of Jesus, not in a, an encounter with the living God, but it leads them to that encounter. The guy on chosen isn't Jesus, but it helps people to sit there and see Jesus as a human being. God in human being, we call it the hypostatic union, 100% God and 100% man at the same time. And I think that what we do, especially as Catholics, is we look at holy, holy pictures. I don't know if I have any holy, holy pictures. Uh, I guess I do, but we make Jesus otherworldly so much that we forget that he had to go to the bathroom just like anybody else. He had to learn to walk just like everybody else. He had his mother had to change his diaper just like anybody else. And yet that man was the God of the universe who left heaven and became us. 
And as St. Maximus the Confessor says, when divinity took on humanity, humanity, us, took on divinity, that we're called to be like him. And if God is love, then we're called to be love in a world that doesn't know love. That's why often when I just, when I'm like confronted with someone who's nasty and calls me on the phone or sends nasty emails and says horrible things, I know they don't know Jesus. They know about him. They want to argue their point. But if they were filled with Jesus, you know what? Jesus loves me unbelievably. And he loves you unbelievably. And if we're in Jesus, we're going to love each other unbelievably. We give each other the benefit of the doubt. We don't, we give each other the, the best of each other instead of thinking the worst of each other. You know, does anybody really think I come on here to preach heresy? Does anybody really think I come on here to deceive people? Really? Jesus is the one I've given my heart to. And it's the person of Jesus. It's not the church, even though the church and Jesus are one. But it's Jesus. And that's what we all got to be given our heart to. The person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. Because we can really mess things up. And if we're not in love with Jesus, then it's going to be problematic. So I love the chosen, yes. Oh, my mom has a question. She wants to know if animals can go to heaven. She was told when she was young that this was not possible. Well, you know, I've always said that, yes, dogs go to heaven, especially since both of my dogs are gone. St. Thomas Aquinas said they go to their own heaven, of course. Uh, they can't have an eternal soul is what some people say. Pope Francis goes to heaven, but again, most people think he's a heretic, and they don't care what he says, but I, I really, I do that... Uh, if God is the God of love and he created all these animals out of love and we entered into uh, relationships with animals that heaven will be the place where all that becomes real, new heavens, new earth, but transformed. How does that work? No idea. But I know God loved us enough to give us animals, to give us uh, uh, these creatures to walk along with us. And so again... People can, again, they'll sit there and, oh, no, Father, that's wrong. <laughs> Go for it, you know, but I'm telling you that uh, we don't know now, do we? You might think you know, and you might find out all the history of all this stuff and say, see, 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 you're wrong, Father, and I'm telling you, you're wrong. Do you feel better about yourself? We need to always be open. And again, if I'm wrong, or if the church officially teaches this, then I recant and I submit myself completely to the teaching of the church, of course. Okay. Do-do-do. Blessed. Very good. Have you watched any of the Pope's visit to Canada? I have, Margaret. I was very, very impressed. But as I was watching it, I just knew people would be going out of their mind. You know, here he is. I was so touched when he came down and he kissed uh, the hands of... Uh, the ingenuity, uh, ingen the Indian people. I can't say think of their name and say it right now. But anyway, uh, but when they were doing their drums and uh, they had their smoke, you know, their stuff. I just knew people see he's introducing heresy and introducing idol worship, and even the people because he was on EWTN and I'm watching it. The people that were 
they had some good people on EWTN that was saying this isn't idol worship. It was so good to hear that uh, people explaining what was really going on. And that was fantastic to me. When they put, but I thought too, when they put that Indian headdress on him, I thought, oh, they're going to have a field day with this. And they did. But the thing I saw that they were most upset about was when he apologized for the church. And um, the church doesn't need to apologize. There were bad people that did that. It wasn't a church, is what these people said. I read. And I just thought, but they sure represented the church. Um, and there were priests that abused kids. And I understand how people can hate the church and not become Catholic, especially because of the history of this stuff. It makes me struggle. But the reality is that's why my relationship is with Jesus. Now, his people, including me, uh, have not always been good representations of him. But if my love and my faith is in Jesus Christ, I understand that people are weak and people do horrible things. It doesn't change my relationship with Jesus. And so I just think that, uh, you know, it's an important reality. Okay, let's go on. Sorry, it's taken me so long to answer all these things today. Um, yes, again. Jellyfish, I am smiling again and very blessed there, Father. I pray for uh, Jesus and you on Thursday. Thank you. At what point in the consecration does the blessed, uh, the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ? Traditionally, it's the whole mass, of course, or the whole consecration. But uh, explicitly, we were taught in seminary, as soon as I say, this is my body for you, the elements become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So when I hold up, as soon as I say, this is my body given for you, and I hold up the host, it's no longer the host, but Jesus Christ. That would be the time, the moment, if you will, that uh, the bread and wine become almighty God. Isabel, God bless you, Father. Long live the Pope. Very good. The evil one is behind all this division. Absolutely the evil one is behind it. And the problem is he makes people think they're holy when they're doing it, and that's the most insidious thing about the devil. The devil cannot be in love, true love, sacrificial love. The devil has no part of that. He's in lust, he's in love, that I get what I want, love that only fulfills me. But the devil cannot even, there's two things, like uh, the devil cannot imitate. Pure love, giving away your life for others. Not love is love, but love that dies for another. He can't imitate that. And he cannot imitate humility. And that's why you can always tell if when someone's yelling and screaming, are they doing it in a humble way? Even some of these bishops in the United States that come off and go against the Holy Father and different things, and I have to stand up for what's right. There's not an ounce of humility. And that's just such a tell-all if there's no humility there. It just says, it says everything and on all sides of this. But a humble person knows that they don't know you know so again and again i'm not in any way shape or form let me say this very clearly i am not saying in any way that i am a humble person and look at me 
Uh, you all know that's not true, correct? But that's part of what it is. How do we discern what's of God? Is it sacrificial love and is it humble? And if there's no humility, there is no sacrificial love. Uh, like I'm right and you all love me. Shut up. I don't you. If you're a man or a woman of God, you are out there serving and you're out there humbly. You're too busy serving to be complaining about all the people who don't see things your way. And again, that's coming from a very unhumble man, right? All I'm doing is talking about objectively how to discern. That's all. Okay, so let's go another to one of the things. It's a longer one. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm sorry, don't be a fan, be a friend. Fans go back and forth as we've talked about and listen to every episode. Well, I'm glad. My wife and I are expecting our first child. God bless you in December and regularly attend a Trinitine Mass. We are at like traditions and feel it brings us close to our faith. It's a beautiful, it was the church's mass for a thousand years, so of course. As might imagine, we've been disconcerned with the Vatican's recent attitudes towards the, the mass, the Trinitine mass. But we often get into arguments about our approach should we ever be impacted by it. My wife is a fiery, passionate woman. That's why she married you, I'm sure. Who identifies with those who would fight against their diocese to preserve the TML, TLM. Even if that means defying the present presiding bishop. Again, like what I was just talking about, you have to have humility that you may not know everything and it's not your way or the highway and you have to have sacrificial love. So if you're obedient, God will bless that. Think about Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, Philippians 2, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave being born in the likeness of men. We're called to empty ourselves. And then it says he went deeper by dying on the cross. So I would just simply say, is this humility, is this where humility is, our sacrificial obedience? The word of God says again and again, obedience is greater than sacrifice, huh? If it's just your way or the highway and I'll go against everybody to get what I want, that's prideful, and uh, you know, you can't get into heaven with pride. And God will humble. You know, the reason the Holy Father, um, because again, let's be uh, totally honest with you. I was going to say the Latin Mass in my church, and I went and got the DVDs from the Lincoln, Nebraska, to learn how to do it because my church is perfect for the Latin Mass. And I thought if that's what people wanted then they have a right to this, absolutely. And then I went and looked at it and it was too rubrical for me. It would be hard for me to stay focused on Jesus. I'd be too concerned about the rubrics myself. Uh, but then I had no problem with it. In fact, I even talked about bringing the Latin mass to my church from the other places. But what I found out in going to various places and then in our own diocese, there was no humility, you know, a uh, family went and told me they were leaving the parish because that mass was holier than the mass of Vatican II. And that's just not true. Every time I say the words as a priest of Jesus Christ, this is my body over bread, the God of the universe is there. Whether it's in English, Latin, Spanish, uh, Greek, whatever, Latin, it's still Jesus. And when we look at the way it's done, instead of who is present, 
we're focusing on the wrong reality. I don't care who gives me Jesus. I don't care if Adam a Byzantine right, if they're saying Aramaic, if they're saying Greek. I don't care. It's Jesus. So if you go to another, if you go to the Latin Mass because it's just uh, where you feel best that you can encounter the risen Lord, oh, God bless you. But when you start saying, I'll do it my way, even if I have to be a disobedient, then you got to watch because the devil can be whispering in your ear, it's your way or no way. They're all wrong. You are right. God will always prevail. But he always prevails. How? How does he destroy sin? He leaves heaven and he dies on the cross. That's his answer to sin. He doesn't come down and destroy us. He doesn't come down and wipe us all away, though he could have and he should have in justice. But God humbled himself, became a man, and then died for us. The ultimate act of love, sacrificial, and humility. So I would just say that if someone's going to go against that obedience, and they're not going to be obedient, then that would be problematic. But it's not a judgment. I'm just talking about objectively. You love your wife, and you do that. I tend to believe the obedience supersedes. Of course it does because that's what separates us from Protestants. Of course it does. Uh, so often when people, it's my way or no way, that's the Protestant whole mentality, even though they're more conservative about it. Um, this upsets my wife because of her. It sounds like I don't care about church tradition. I wouldn't care about church tradition either. I'd care about Jesus. And part of that is their tradition. But it's only a thousand-year tradition. Before that, there was many different ways to say Mass. So I always say I have to look at the whole tradition. And the whole tradition, a lot of the Trinitine Mass incorporates a lot of the Old Testament with the, the altar and everything else. The way the early, uh, the early, if you want to go to full tradition, the Mass was said in Aramaic at first, um, or Hebrew, depending on where it was at. Um, Greek was a big thing. And then only later, when we went to the vernacular, and the vernacular means the, uh, the common language, is when we went to Latin, because that's what the people spoke. So we did what was so they could understand it. That's when we went to Latin. But then Latin became, an, uh, you know, just this is the only way, but it wasn't reaching a lot of people. Uh, again, even up here, like people say, no, 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 these masses are growing. So like in the Diocese of Erie, we have, uh, just on the west side, we've talked about this before, 50,000 Catholics. 30,000 Catholics go nowhere. Only 20,000 go to the about um, 20-some parishes or 30. We have 32 parishes in the whole Erie area, so about 20 parishes. go. They only go there. And then at the Latin Mass, great pastor, uh, uh, well, not an administrator, but Father Ian, who used to help us out and was my assistant, good man, um, they might get 120 people at their one mass. So the people that come are very faithful, but it's not reaching these other 30,000. And so some people say, you know, if, if God wants everybody to be saved, will they be saved by only the Latin mass? No, they won't even come. Now, there will be people that do come, of course, but part of being Catholic is that we have so many ways and traditions, and there isn't just the Roman rite. There's the you know Greek rite. There isn't. There's 24, I think 24 uh, different rites in the church, and they're all different. 
And God uses all of them, all of them to bring people to him. And we need to be more concerned about those who are lost and bringing them to Jesus than just the way I like to worship. And it's not either or, it's both and. Again, the Holy Father did not get rid of the Latin Mass. He just kept it to certain places. And the reason, again, is that the people are just so hateful to the Holy Father that how can they be so hateful all these years and not expect some kind of, okay, enough? It's just, I have never seen so much hate on all sides than I have at this time in the church. I just haven't. It just makes me so sad to begin with that we're all fighting. Uh, but what makes us unit, the unity is the Holy Father. And I really think it is the devil who's uh, separating us. And he does it through subtle pride that thinks that we know better. So just keep praying for each other. Keep focused on Jesus. And uh, just always say that humility and sacrificial love that makes us most like Jesus. And so even if that, but if that's the way you like Mass, God bless. I think it's a powerful, wonderful uh, uh, mass, of course. Just make sure you do it in the right heart. You know, this is the way I like it. Doesn't make it for everybody, and it doesn't get rid of the tradition. It never will, by definition. Okay, hopefully that helps. Um, my family is judgmental and talks about others behind their back. I took issue with them, and know I am being treated badly and have negative feelings. How can I best manage this in a loving way? Um, by praying for them and just loving them again. Um, all of our families drive us crazy, huh? Um, but that's why it's just like my family's my family. You know, I never would walk away. I always stay with them. But like in the morning, when I say my rosary, I say part of a decade for my family or the divine mercy. I always say for my family, just keep praying for them and loving them and God will do the rest. It's always so good that we're not the ones that need to save the world. Jesus already is the savior of the world. And he just wants to use us. We need to get out of the way. And that's where humility comes in and sacrificial love. And that's the, sometimes the hardest thing is for us to get out of the way, especially me, just so we know. Okay. Father Larry, please pray for my family's conversion. Atheist husband, absolutely. Everybody here, if you pray for Jolie's family and her um, atheistic husband. Mary, I thought Luther took some out, and the Jewish people didn't accept anything that was written in Greek. That's part of it, too. That's why I said what I... Uh, Luther wanted to take some out. He wanted to get rid of the book of Revelation, but we, you know, them and us, we kept it. But there is the Greek. There's all that kind of stuff. That's why I said uh, I'm giving an oversimplified version of how we got uh, the vernacular. Okay. Julie, I will not forget when you told the story about the old man dying, it turned out to be your father. My father died of liver cirrhosis, and he was an alcoholic. He was Polish. God love you. I forgave him. Of course, we have to do that. I recently remembered listening to your confession talk back in 2003. Confession was always difficult for me. The talk made it much more comfortable. I'm glad. Don't ever start off into that talk. But again, all those talks now, people, are all on our uh, not on our website, but on our app, Our Hope TV. So you just go to your Android app or your, where you get your apps on Android or your iPhone app, and you just go to Our Hope TV. And it's a nice little app here. 
And uh, it's just, it has, it has our foundation logo on it and it's just Our Hope TV. It's 100% free. And when you go there, again, it's Our Hope TV. You see that? Our Hope TV. And that's the, the thing. And then you get introduction. You'll watch a little video if you want. Collaborating with clergy I was watching. But it has all the live streams, the mass, the Sunday mass, the anchored in hope. But you can search here. And let's say you put here hope. That's all the talks that have to do with hope. If you want to learn more about the Trinity, I don't know if the Trinity is going to come up, but we'll see. Yep, there's a Trinity, episode one and two. So all that stuff, living as a temple, all these are free. All these talks. So my confession talk is on here. Confession. You put confession. And so you have the full hour confession CD all on here but also confession pack and talk, uh, confession and passion talks, my understanding the sacrament of penance, a man who strives to live a life of holiness and sexual integrity. Uh, all that there is all part of that. So uh, I encourage you 100% free. All my talks I have ever done uh, are on this thing and anything you want, you can go there and you'll find out all kinds of stuff. Okay. Okay. I don't want a church where everybody likes me. I want a church that speaks the truth in clarity and charity. How is real? You got how is real. But again, no, I think the people are going to go to hell, in my opinion, are the ones who are most judgmental because they're, they're speaking in God's name and they're false prophets, meaning that they're speaking hatred, uh, but saying they're doing it because they love people. But there's, again, no humility, no sacrificial love. Again, I've talked about years ago when I was on EWTN and I had my radio show and people would call in with uh, uh, questions. Someone called and they says, it was supposed to be a question, but it was really a comment. And they says, Father, um, and you've heard this here before, but uh, I'm not going to my cousin's wedding. And I said, why is that? And he says, because they're living together. I says, oh, are they getting get married in the church? Well, yes, and I said, well, the church is going. Why aren't you going? Because I want them to know how sinful they are. I says, okay. I said, when's the wedding? Six months from now. And I said, this is what I want you to do, sir. I want you every Friday, which you have to do some kind of penance every Friday anyway, but every Friday I want you to fast on bread and water for your cousin's conversion, okay? And he hung up on me. If you're not willing to die for the other person, or I like had a priest and he called me and he says, Father, I think you've got soft as you get older. I came to the church and went to seminary because of your confession CD and I think you've just got soft. And I says, uh, Father, can I ask you a question? He goes, yes. I said, how long have you been ordained? One year. So have, you ever been, have you been a pastor yet? Well, no. I said, okay. And I says, uh, Father, would you be willing to go to hell for all eternity to save somebody else? absolutely not, he said to me. And I said, oh, St. Paul said he would. So if there is no sacrificial love and there is no humility, then it isn't of God. Because everything else the devil can imitate, righteousness, holiness, he just can't imitate humility and sacrificial love. So I want a church that only speaks the truth. But the truth is, God is love. The truth is, 
God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him should not die but have eternal life. The truth is we shouldn't kill our babies in abortion. That's truth, but we speak it in love. And sometimes we speak truth with no love, meaning that if I'm going to say this, I'd be willing to die for you to believe it if you'll bring the conversion. That's what God did, and that's what we must do. We can never speak truth without willing to die for the person to accept it. You got it? So that's exactly what I want. I will pray for my parish priest too much talking in the church and laughing. Well, again, that's being judgmental. If you were praying for them and focusing on Jesus, you wouldn't be concerned about everybody else, what they're doing around you, Julie. I'm saying gently, kindly, and compassionately. Back up. Humble. Lord, help me to look at myself before I look at anybody else. And then uh, that can help. Okay? Chang, Father, I like to pray for all people who have cough uh, after a vaccination recover from the side effect. Absolutely. Hi, Father Larry. I was lazy going to Mass today. Please pray for me and the people I work with. Absolutely, Jolie. <laughs> there you go. Lawrence of Vegas, do you, know have, do, you now have, do you have a favorite icon? Also, Lawrence is just the name I chose for my private chef business. Okay. You channel after St. Lawrence Patron of Chefs. My actual name is Nick. Well, there you go, Nick. Good job. Uh, my icon is, my favorite icon is the one we have for our church, which is St. Joseph of the Bread of Life. Uh, it's under the, it was uh, beautiful. It has St. Joseph holding Jesus as a, uh, maybe a seven or eight year old. And he's pointing to his heart and at his heart is a host with IHS on it. And he's pointing St. Joseph of the Bread of Life. And that's my favorite uh, image, icon image, and it's in our church. Indigenous people. Yes, that's exactly it. Thank you, Margaret. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, why was the hand of heart and called on the spirit? Why was the hand on heart? And I cried when the Pope prayed in his wheelchair by the river. Very good. Yeah, I did too. Chris Walker, when you're talking about Phineas and Balaam last week, you should mention God's punishing us for our sins. I think God just lets... Let's get to deserve what we punish ourselves. And again, that was an Old Testament reality. Again, you have to look, as I said today in my homily, you have to always look at the Old Testament through the light of the New Testament because uh, God fulfills his own justice by dying for those sins. In the Old Testament, justice was a fulfillment of itself. In the New Testament, because of Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the punishment, the justice, that the punishment should have been given to everybody, including you and me. Especially you, Chris, I'm just saying. Anyway, Canaan uh, Jennings. Hey, Father, will you be continuing to do these live programs? I'd like to share it, but I, just as I caught in three weeks also, wasn't sure how long these would run. Yes, uh, they're all online on the YouTube, and again, all of them are on the app uh, our hope tv so it'll always be on there again we were just talking yesterday we're going to try to get these into uh i'm going to be interviewing people i'm so bored with me talking myself every week and i'm sure you people got to be bored too so we're going to be bringing this stuff in but i don't want to put it out until it's done professionally so that's what we're waiting for uh i, I go to latin mass i like reverence but jesus is still in all catholic churches you got it and it's good you go to latin mass no problem as long as you're not judging everybody else who does it that's the thing do what you like but don't judge other people who don't do what you like okay 
Uh, stigmata, Linda, uh, I pray to God, attend your holy service. God guides me in everything. Very good. Amen, Father. We are the ones who need to reach. Those that hate God are not with God. God is not led by them or anyone. God is God. Exactly correct. Just wondering, in the early church was Mass just a regular meal with the Eucharist at the end? Uh, yes, that's why Paul and you're, Paul's yelling at them because they would have the gape, uh, the gape dinner, the love fest dinner, and then we'd go in the mass. And so Paul's yelling, and I forget what uh, the scripture is. He's yelling at them because the rich people had good food and didn't share it with the poor people. And then the mass became an insult. Um, but again, you know, it doesn't mean we should go back to that. I mean, the church has grown throughout the years, but it's grown in different ways. And all those ways are okay. They just are. It's just when we are filled with pride and think my way is the only way, that's when it becomes problematic. Um, that's all. That's all I've been saying. And again, uh, I'm sure someone will be uh, watching this and someone who will take pieces of this and send it out and then we'll get more hate mail, but that's okay, you know. Yes, Chris Walker, wasn't your confession cassette labeled explicit? It was labeled for adults only. <laughs> that's what it was labeled. Uh, I am grateful for your talk and confession. Thank you. Thank you. God bless your prayers. The priests especially who are walking away from God, of course. I have made the sign of the cross on sick people in my care home. Very good, Julie. Hello, Father. Nice. I see you. Hopefully I can come out there this year for Oktoberfest, if I'm able to, coming from Chicago. Oktoberfest is always the first weekend of October. This year it'll be the last day of September and the first and second of October. So again, we'll be setting an e-zine on that pretty soon. And so encourage everybody is uh, great there. Is it wrong? I also tell them Jesus loves you and whispers. That's fantastic, Julie, you do that. Uh, God bless you. Okay, we got to get out of here. So I have one more thing. Question for Anchored in Hope. I have a friend who is a good and holy priest. He deeply devoted to the Eucharist and committed to a daily holy hour. He also provides daily adoration and benediction in addition to seven weekday masses. I've learned he's very disappointed with Pope Francis. He feels that the Pope is sending mixed messages on matters he sees as black and white. They include participation in the Eucharist by divorced Catholics and politics, politicians who promote abortion. Do you have any suggestions of me for what I can offer him? Um, humility and sacrificial love. Pray for that for him. I know many priests, and of course I'm one of them, and I have my own demons and my own issues, um, but we all got to sit there. and I, It's so... It's just so bad from the evil one. Even if we're praying, if we don't have humble hearts that are obedient to the Holy Father. Um, I think, and I do a Holy Hour Mass every day, rosary, devotion to Our Lady, I do it all too. And uh, I believe more than anything that this Holy Father is so what the church needed, so what God gave us, and we spit in God's face when we keep rejecting him. Here is a man of great humility. And again, the devil cannot imitate humility and sacrificial love. The devil cannot. Look at the teaching of the church. Look at the history of the saints. The devil cannot imitate humility. 
there is anything that you could say about Pope Francis is he is a very humble man. If there's anything you can say that cannot be imitated, the people that are yelling and screaming and judging, that doesn't come from humility. By your fruit you shall know them, says Jesus Christ. By their fruit you shall know them. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please pray for me. I know I pray for you. I love you. Pray as I'm traveling all next week that God brings me back here safely. The following week that we can be together, I'll pray for you every day when I say my private Mass. And uh, again, please pray for me. God bless you. God love you. See you in two weeks.